What's up, y'all? Let's go. Man, I'm so excited to be with you guys. As Mark said, I'm Pastor Ralph, and I didn't want to come in hot on this mic, so let's get the mic right. And um, I just want to say thank you to Pastor Mark and Michelle and your leadership team. Let's give it up for the leadership here at the exchange. Fire, man. I mean, what a great environment for people to grow in their relationship with Christ. Now, I need your help a little bit, guys. Grab your phones and take them out right quick. Just everybody grab your phone. Turn your flashlight on because your boy lost something when he came in here. So I need y'all to do me a favor, right? I lost a watch, a Navy watch. I'm serious. A Navy watch in here somewhere. So would you guys get up right now on your feet and start looking underneath? There's a Navy pocket watch. Where? You found it already? Thank you. Where is it? Is it a pocket watch that like opens? Yeah, where is it at? You're just trying to keep it? You're not trying to keep it, are you? Like, thank you so much. Thank you, bro. Good looking out. Thank you, guys, man. That was, man. So, like, this watch is a Navy watch. I mean, for some of you guys that know me, I'm retired Navy. Uh, I did 23 years in the Navy. And, and, you know, it has the Navy emblem on it. And my sister actually purchased this for me for my retirement. This watch means a lot to me. And it probably doesn't mean a whole lot to you because it's not your watch. And so when I, when I misplaced this watch, it meant a lot to me that you guys would find it. And, and something about me, I mean, I lose stuff all the time, guys. And I'm sorry, man, like even in my marriage, it has affected my marriage, y'all. Like I, I lose my wife like, hey, would you put this up for me? I'm like, yeah, babe, I got you. And I'll put it up. And then like last week she came back and she was like, hey, where's that thing I told you to put up? I want to add something to it. I'm like, oh gosh. Like I have no idea where I put the thing she asked me to put up. This thing of value. Anybody besides me lose stuff every now and then? Come on, somebody. And you know, when you lose stuff, like, I'm, I'm going to tell you something, like, we got this place in our car, like, on the side, like, right next to the seat. We call it the abyss. <laughs> and, like, stuff falls in there all the time. And I'm like, babe, like, where, where's my phone? Like, the phone just fell into the abyss, man. We got to wait until we get there to find the phone, you know. Or my coins fell into the abyss. Things always seem to fall into the abyss. You know, when I'm in Walmart, sometimes I, I go in and I, I, I see the pictures of children who've been lost. And many times I think about the fact that, you know, and they'll say, hey, this picture has been manipulated to cover the years that this person has been gone. And I think about the families who are waiting and hoping and praying that the lost will be found. There's a friend of mine, and I remember a few years ago, and his son was around your age, and he went missing. And, and I, I remember we were hanging out together, and all of a sudden, uh, we were not hanging out together, but I got a phone call, and he was like, hey, man, I got some bad news. My son's missing. I'm like, what? He's like, yeah, man, we hadn't seen him since yesterday. And I was like, all right, bro, like, what are we doing? So we all went over to his house, and I went to his house, and there was a, just a number of people. There were like 30 people in this room, in this house. 
And he's like handing out pictures of his son. And he's like, and, and literally handing out money. Like, here's gas money. Go as far as you can. And they went to Pinellas County. And they went all the way to Clearwater. And they went to Brooksville. And they went to Sarasota. And, and I remember that night we were riding in downtown Tampa. And his son loved to go in downtown Tampa. And we were riding in downtown Tampa. And I'm like, bro, it's been like 36 hours. I'm so tired. I'm like, Hey, man, can we just, like, go and rest? Like, can we just take a rest? This is not working right now. Let's just go lay down for a while and let's get after it again. And I'll never forget what he told me. He looked at me and said, what would you do if it was Trey? And for many of you guys that don't know that's my son, what would you do if it was Trey? And I remember looking at him saying, man, well, let's roll. Let, let's keep riding. And, let's, and we ended up finding his son, and his son was returned. And I remember the, the welcome home that his son got, and everybody embraced him, and everybody cheered. And it was this big welcome because his son that was lost was now found. I remember the urgency in my friend's heart. And I want to tell you tonight that this, that God has an urgency in his heart for the lost. God has an urgency in his heart for the lost. What if I told you that God never gave up on you? What if I told you that from the day that you was born, God has been searching for you? What if I told you that God knew you before every hang-up, every mistake, every sin, and he's searching for you before there's closure on your life? Let me help you understand that for a minute. Many years ago, I lost my mom. And I remember walking around, and I was like so mad at God because we had been praying. And my mom was in the hospital, and we, the church was praying, and we were laying hands. And I remember talking to my mom, and she's like, but she would call me Ralphie. She said, Ralphie, God's going to heal me. I said, yeah, Mom, God's going to heal you. He's going to deliver you. You're going to walk again. And on December 26th of that year, my mom died. And I was so mad at God because I had experienced the loss. And I remember going to another funeral, and I'm, I'm going through this, this, this kind of like depression, and like, man, I'm questioning the call of God on my life, and I'm questioning, does prayer really work? And I'm questioning everything about God. And I remember a woman got up, and she said these words, and I never forgot them. She says, you can't lose something when you know where it is. Something is not lost that you've had a relationship with when you know where it is. See, the definition of something being lost, it means that it's out of place. And we're all born out of place from God, but God had a relationship with us before we were born. Maybe you've never heard that before, but let's look at this verse in Jeremiah 1.5. It says that God knew you before. Everybody say before. before. Say it like you mean it, before. God knew you before I formed you in your mother's womb. Wait a minute. Before the sperm and the egg, God knew me? You mean before the, the one-night stand for some of us? Come on, let's be real. God knew me? You mean to tell me God knew me, meaning that I'm not a mistake? You mean God knew me before I was born, he set me apart, meaning God saw me before I was born and said, look, I got something for you to do. Yeah. 
And he appointed me, this is Jeremiah, he appointed me a prophet to the nations. What has God appointed you to? Man, have you figured out what God has appointed you to? You will never figure that out unless you are in place. See, lost people can't figure out what God has for them because they're lost. They're not in a relationship with God. It goes on to say this in Psalms 139, 16. You saw me. Everybody say, he saw me. Oh, say it like you mean it. He saw me. Oh, God saw me. He had his eyes on me before I was born. Before the sperm and the egg? You mean before I was born into sin, God saw me, and every day of my life was recorded in this book. You mean to tell me, Ralph, April 5th, 2022 was in his book before I was born? You mean to tell me it's not a mistake that you're here tonight? You mean to tell me God wrote that down? They're going to have a crazy dude named Ralph Johnson talk to them on April 5th, 2022, and this is the story he's going to tell. It's recorded in every moment, every second, every moment was laid out before a single day had passed. Our God is sovereign over the affairs of man. He saw your hurt. He saw your pain. He saw the fact that your dad would walk out. He saw the fact that your mom would pass away. He saw the fact that, that, that your, your cousin and your nephew would come out of the closet. He saw it. He saw the breakup. He saw it all before there was even a day. And I'm here to tell you that the Lord loves the lost. The Lord loves the lost. Wait a minute, Ralph. Are you telling me the lost are the people that are out of place? Yeah, I'm telling you, God loves the worst of the worst because I'm standing here as a witness to it right now. He loves the lost. In fact, Jesus says it this way. I came to seek and to save that which is. He wants the people that are out of place to get in place. And so I came here to tell you tonight that there's, 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 there's these, these parables that Jesus teaches in Luke 15. If you have your notes, write this down. In Luke 15, we're going to kind of walk through these parables. And here's what it says in these parables. And I, I want to give you a, a high-level uh, flyover of these parables. In each parable, all were lost, all were pursued, and all were found. All were lost. All were pursued and all were found. The first one is in Luke 15, verse 4. It talks about a good shepherd. And so it says this, it says, if a man has a hundred sheep and one of them gets lost, what will he do? Won't he leave the 99 others in the wilderness and go to search for the one that is lost until when? Until when? Until when? He will search after the one until when? You mean God don't give up? You mean the good shepherd will not give up? He will search for that one until he finds it? Everybody say this, I'm the one. I'm going to show you that you're the one. Take your hand and look at it. Take your hand, look at it. Who else has that fingerprint? Who else has the fingerprint? You're the one. The good shepherd will search after the one until he finds it. Watch this. And when he finds it, he will carry it home on his shoulders. 
He will carry it home on his shoulders. God is concerned about the one. He will search until he find it. Everybody watch this. Let me, and just say it out loud. Don't say your year. Say your birthday. One, two, three. November 29th. God's been searching for you since then. Since the day you were born, in the circumstance that you were born into, God's been searching for you since that day. He seeks to save and find those which are lost. And God will ask the sheep like he asked Adam and Eve in the garden, where are you? And for if we are sheep, we're wandering. We're wandering. What does it mean to wander? It means that we walk or move in a leisurely, casually, or an aimless way. If you know anything about sheep, sheep are actually foolish animals. They can't defend themselves. They, they, and when they're lost, it's actually not a negative on them. Many people talk about the being the black sheep. I'm the black sheep of my family. I just do it. No, you're lost, and it's a negative on the shepherd when you're lost. It's not a negative on the sheep because sheep will just, they'll follow anything. And today, we got many people who claim to be sheep that will follow anything. They're falling into Satan's trap with premarital, uh, uh, premarital sex. They're falling into, I don't even know if y'all call it this anymore, but Christian sex, which is oral sex. They're falling into, uh, yeah, is they, do they still call it that? Like, is that a thing? I'm sorry, man. I, I used to do youth ministry a long time ago. I don't know. They don't even call it that no more. You just like, do it. Let's not even put Christian in front of it. Let's just, because everybody's doing it, Right? I remember <laughs> nothing, man. Let's keep going. All right, so in my life, in my life, I was wandering aimlessly. I was womanizing. I was a cheater. I was a whore. I was lying. I could lie to you. I would st stay you dead in your face and lie to you. I was a thief. I was a backstabber. I actually thought I, thought I was a player. Y'all know what a player is, right? A player spit game. Like, they rub their hands together like, yo, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, girl, y'all still, hey, hey, guys, we, y'all still do that? Y'all don't do that no more? That ain't cool? Yeah? Okay, there you go. I know I'm in the right place. But you know, I, I found out the hard way that when you spit game, there's a winner and a loser. See, any game you play, somebody wins, and somebody loses. And I look back on my life and I see where I played games with people who were made in the image and the likeness of God. I was wandering aimlessly. But God saw me and he carried me. See, this is what a shepherd looks like when he carries his sheep. And the thing about that is he will put you on his shoulders. And when he carries you, he's carrying every sin with you. He's carrying your womanizing. He's carrying your lying. He's carrying your cheating. He's carrying your stealing. He's carrying everything about you back to the flock. God will go after the one that has wandered away and bring him back on his shoulders. He'll carry you. He'll carry you. And the thing about the sheep is this. You know, the only thing the sheep has to do is be found. Just exist. And God comes after the one. The, sheep, the shepherd found me and brought me home. 
You know, in fact, it says this in Isaiah 53, 6. It says, all of us. Everybody say, all of us. Say, that means you. Point at somebody. That means you, all of us. That means you. That means you. All of us, like sheep, have gone astray. Isaiah 53. All of us, like sheep, have gone astray. We've gone our separate ways. But this is what it says, and here's the promise. But God has laid on him the sin of us all. He has taken our sins and laid them on the good shepherd. He's laid our mistakes, our letdowns, our lies, our doubts, our faithlessness, and our aimlessness on the one that loves us, the one that seeks us to save us. Here's the second example. There's a woman with some lost coins. Here we go in this parable. It says, or, and, and here's the thing, guys. Let's, let's teach for a minute. Or, or is a conjunction, meaning it's a continuation of an idea. So we got the lost sheep. Now we got a lost coin. Or, suppose a woman has 10 silver coins and loses one. She's got 10 and she loses one. Won't she light a lamp? And sweep the entire house and search carefully until she finds it. You see, the interesting thing about the sheep, he's in the field, he's wandered away. The interesting thing about the coin is in the house. And when I think about things being in the house, this speaks of the carelessness in our families. The hurt, the pain, the divorce the pornography, the coming out of the closet, the cursing you out and then going to church saying, praise the Lord, the abuse. It speaks of the lies that's been told that still creep up in your mind right now when you think about that person. And the reason why it says the lost coin is because in that culture, they didn't wear a wedding band. They actually wore coins around their head. It looks like this. Here's a woman with her coins. And those coins symbolize, symbolize the fact that she belongs to a family. So if she loses a coin, she's losing her identity with her family. And see, the thing about the coin is why she's sweeping is because the coin is not like our floors. The coin would get caught and stuck down in the crevices of the floor. And she would have to sweep and find all the crevices just to get the coin out. You know, things in our family, when they happen, they cause us to get stuck. Man, God wants to loosen the thing that has you stuck right now that happened in your family. God wants to loosen that. And I can tell you as a witness what he did in my life. When when my father passed away, I had just started having a better relationship with my dad. My dad was a womanizer, alcoholic, you name it. It We could have a whole service about my, I could talk to you a a, a long time about my dad. And so we had his funeral, and I had just had a started having a relationship with him. And I was like a kid, man. I was like, man, I got love for this guy now, man. We've mended our relationship. I was about 22 years old. Got the phone call. Hey, your dad's passed away. All right, good. All right, well, we're going to go to the funeral, and we're going we're gonna to get this thing right, and I'm going to write this poem. I wish I'd have brought it with me. I'm going to write this poem about how I'm so alone right now, and I'm going to miss him so much. And we had everything going in the right direction. And I wrote all this stuff down. It's in an obituary my house right now. And you know what I found out the day that my dad died? That he had another family and his name wasn't his name. I'm named after my dad. His real name was Richard. My name is Ralph. 
I was stuck. Couldn't figure it out. In fact, I was so stuck that I named our last child my whole name. <laughs> I was like, boy, you will not, your identity is going to be solid. You are named after your dad. But it made me question my, my, my identity as his son. It made me question my family. Like, what does this mean? I, had, I mean, I had arguments with my mom about it. I'm like, what does all this mean? I was stuck. But how many of you know when you get in the presence of God, how many of you know that the cross will help you loosen and get out of the crevices of life and God will free you from some of that pain? I'll tell you right now, I learned how to be a better dad because I got a heavenly father that loves me. I learned how to be a better son because I see how the son loves the father. I have learned about the grace and the mercy of God so that I can love my children and my wife as Christ loved the church and give himself for her. I don't have to have the example that my dad has. I can leave a legacy of wholeness and goodness and mercy and grace of God in this family because he he got me out of the crevices of life I was lost and he found me right there man that's where he found me when I was wandering he found me when I was stuck he came and loosened me up the last, the last verse I want to share with you is this it's the, the next example that Jesus uses about being lost and being out of place, he uses the example of a father who has two sons. Many of you guys have heard, know this story, and take that down right quick, my bad. Let me tell y'all the story. Father had two sons, one older, one younger. The younger son comes to the father and said, Dad, give me my inheritance before you die. Now, some of y'all might be thinking, man, that's cool. My dad's going to give me my money. I'm going to go to Clearwater. I'm going to buy me a townhouse, and I'm going to ball out. I'm going to chill. That wasn't cool back then because basically what he was saying is this. It doesn't matter to me if you're dead or not. Just give me my inheritance. And so the son goes off, and the son moves to Ybor City. Oh, man, he right, he right there on 7th Street. I mean, he, he, he down there. We got cigars going. We, we smoking weed, we partying, we in the club. In fact, every now and then, even though we not, we, we, we not homosexual or anything, we hanging out in the drag club, like, you know, the drag queen sometimes. We down there at the parades. We, we, this son said, it says this in the scripture, he went to the far country, way away from his dad. Oh, man, he was way, way, way away. He was gone. He was doing everything he knew his dad would not approve of. And so when he went to Sin City and he, he was consuming all, in fact, his, his brother says this, why would you celebrate this son who has spent all your money on prostitutes? He spent everything he had on wild living. And so this son, as he, as he spends everything he has on wild living, the, the father he, he hits rock bottom. Rock bottom's coming, bro. And God uses a famine to reach him. And he found himself on his knees working with pigs. And it says that he was so hungry that he wanted to eat the slop that the pigs was eating. He had gotten to that point. And the scripture says this, when he came to himself, 
In other words, when he came to his senses, he said, I have it better in my father's house. Even, watch this, the hired servants have it better than I have it right now, and I'm a son. He says, I'm going to get up, and I'm going to go to my father, and I'm going to tell him, I'm so sorry, father, that I have lived outside of your will, that I've sinned against you, and I've sinned against heaven. Would you take me as one of your hired servants? And so this boy gets up, and he heads home. And as he's walking home, this is what happens. It says, so, so he returned home to his father. And while he was a long way off, he was a long way off. It says his father saw him coming. Didn't you hear the scripture earlier that he saw you before you were born? He's still looking. He's looking for the lost one. And that father's standing there and he's saying, is that my son? I've been waiting years. Is that, is that Tommy? I think, that's, I think that's my son. And it said he saw him coming and he was so filled with excitement. He was so filled with love and compassion that he ran to his son. And he filled with love and compassion. He grabs his son and he kisses him and he embraces him. And he says, Listen, my son, the son says, Father, I've sinned against both heaven and you, and I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. He repents, and the father embraces him. Can I show you something right quick? How many of us, when we're lost, we're wandering, we're doing what's wrong, very rarely do we get greeted with love and compassion? See, there's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. No one comes to the Father unless the Spirit draws them. I'm here to tell you that God loves you. I'm here to tell you that he loves the lost. He loves the wanderer. He loves the one that's stuck, and he will go after you. And he's been standing there in eternity past for this moment that he might see you. And you're saying, Ralph, man, great story, bro. But when did the father run after me? What did the father do for me? I got all this hurt. I got all this pain. When did the father do something for me? I'm here to tell you, man. When I realized this, that 2,000 years ago, Jesus Christ carried a cross. And he carried a cross that had my name on it. He carried a cross that had Ralph's name on it. He put me on his back. And he said, Ralph, I've been waiting on you. When you were on drugs, I was waiting on you. When you were drinking a six-pack of beer on your break at work, I was waiting on you. When you were driving drunk, I was waiting on you. You think that you got out of that car accident by mistake? I was waiting on you. I've been trying to get your attention all these years. Would you return home? The Father's running towards you right now. This is a symbol of his love. Jesus hung on a cross for you. And I know we like to say, oh man, he died for the sins of the world. No, nah, man, he died for my sins. Because he goes after the one. Are you the one? 
Are you the wanderer? Are you the one that's far out of place? He wants you to return home. And you're not returning to me, you're returning to him. He's a loving father. He won't condemn you. He will convict you. And he will embrace you and hug you and kiss you and say, welcome home. Would you guys stand to your feet? God is looking. He's searching. He's desiring. Just like my friend's lost son, he hadn't given up on you. And you might think that you're here tonight, man. I'm, I just kind of came to hang out. No, no, no. He, he's looking for you. He's watching you. So with every head bowed, every eye closed, you say, man, Pastor Ralph, man, I need to come home, bro. I'm, I'm a wanderer. I've been places I shouldn't have been. I've done things I shouldn't have done. There's things that have happened in my family. Bro, I'm stuck. I can't forgive. I can't forgive what they did to me, man. That's you tonight, man. I just want you to raise your hand. I want to pray for you. You're a wanderer. You're saying, Ralph, I want to come home. You're a wanderer, man. You got things in your family. Keep your hands up. You got things in your family. Come on, raise those hands, man. I'm stuck, bro. I can't forgive. I can't let go. I can't do it, man, without the cross. I can't do it without Jesus. I'm out of place. Father, in Jesus' name, God, we thank you for your reckless love. We thank you, God, that you chase after us and you go after the one. You will go after the one. And God, there's many ones that have their hand up, God. And as they have their hand up, put both hands up. As they have their hands up, God, I want you to see their fingerprints. I want you to see their identity because tonight their identity is in you, God. Lord, stamp your name on their heart. Fill them with your Holy Spirit right now. I want you guys to repeat this prayer after me. If you have your hands up, and we can say this as a family together, say, Father God, I'm coming home. Forgive me for my sins. Forgive me for my wandering. Carry my sins on the cross tonight. Forgive me. I'm coming home. Father, I've been stuck. I've been stuck in this family, in this pain. Would you heal me, God? Would you heal me, God? coming home. I'm coming home to you, God. In Jesus' name. Keep your heads bowed. You know, the interesting thing, it says that the Father embraced them. And I want you, if you lift your hands tonight, you're saying, Ralph, I'm coming home. I'm going to stand right here. I want you to look up at me if you raised your hand. I want you to come. I want to embrace you. That's a courageous move. So I want you to stand. You're already standing up. I want you to walk out the aisle and we're going to pass through the cross after I hug you. I want to hug every single person and welcome you home. Come on. Now. Come on. Come on. Come on. Come on. Come on. Prayer team, come up. Prayer team, come up. Welcome home, sis. Welcome home, bro. 
Welcome home. Welcome home. Prayer team right there. Y'all pray with them. Welcome home, bro. Welcome home, sis. Bless you, girl. Let's go. Welcome home, son. Welcome home, daughter. Welcome home. Welcome home. He loves you. Welcome home. God loves you. Welcome home. Walk past that cross. Welcome home. Welcome home, daughter. Amen. In Jesus' name, you're healed. Welcome home, son. In Jesus' name, you're healed. Keep on walking, guys. In Jesus' name, you're healed, sis. Bless you, girl. Daughters and sons coming into the kingdom of God. Hallelujah, God. We thank you, Lord, for increasing your kingdom, Lord. We thank you, Father, for increasing your kingdom. Welcome home, son. Welcome home, daughter. Come here. Come here. Come here. Bless you. Bless you. God's going to wipe those tears. Pray with somebody. God's going to wipe those tears. Bless you, daughter. Bless you, daughter. Bless you, daughter. You're coming home. You're coming home. Hey, sis. Hey, girl, how you doing? Bless you, girl. Bless you, daughter. Let's go. Let's go. Amen. Amen. Bless you, daughter. God bless you. Welcome home. Welcome home, daughter. Welcome home. God's going to heal it. God's going to deliver it. God's going to loose it. Welcome home, daughter. Welcome home, son. Welcome home. Welcome home. Welcome home, daughter. Come on. Come on. Hey, guys, y'all pray with somebody right now. Welcome home, son. Welcome home, son. Welcome home. Welcome home, daughter. Welcome home, baby girl. Yeah. Welcome home, daughter. Yes. Welcome home, daughter. Welcome home. Welcome home. Welcome home. Welcome home, son. Welcome home, my man. Amen. Bless you. Welcome home, daughter. Amen. Amen. Now listen to me. Come on, man. Let's give God some praise. He's alive. He's well. He's moving by his spirit. He's delivering. He's loosing. He's letting go. He's ripping. He's changing lives and generations and legacies right now in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Here's what I want to say to you. For those that came up, don't you dare. Don't you dare let the enemy lie to you and tell you that you didn't go home tonight. Don't you dare let him tell you that you were not delivered tonight. Don't you dare let him tell you that what you just experienced is not real. Don't you dare let him tell you and lie to you and deceive you into going astray. You're home. You're home. You're with him. And you dive into your word. And you dive deep into relationship with other believers that's going to hold you accountable. And you walk this out. And for those of you that have that hurt and that pain in your family, I'm a living witness that God will change it and turn it all around. I'm telling you right now, you can leave your own legacy of holiness and righteousness and love and peace and grace. Where they will gather around your bed when you go home one day and they will call you blessed will call you blessed. They won't curse you at your funeral. They won't be confused at your funeral because of how you live right now. The last thing I want to tell you is this. Mark, come on. Love you, bro. Last thing I want to tell you is this. Found people find people. You remember earlier 
when I shared with you about my watch and how much it meant to me, your friends and your family mean that much to God. You go get them. You go light it up. And you light it up with your testimony and with your love and compassion for them. No more judgment. No more condemnation. You speak life into, that li- into, those, into those relationships and that family. Amen? Amen? Go get them.